I've always said I could smell and taste heavy metal before the music was even invented, said Rob Halford of all the steel mills and metalworks around the Birmingham area, around the black country, where Rob and Judas Priest grew up. Today, we are coming to you from one of those plants, GNR Thomas LTD. Now, in the 1950s, England was rebuilding after the devastation of World War II and replenishing their war machine and getting their country back going. The factories were basically running 24-7, belching out toxic coal smoke. The GNR Thomas plant was located between Rob's house in the Beachdale Estates, Wassel, and Rob's grade school. Now, every school day, when Rob and his mates would walk to school, they would have to walk next to the plant and, in fact, cross a footbridge over a canal that ran next to the plant. The air was so thick, Rob thought he would suffocate. He and his mates would also get grit in their eyes and in their clothes. Their clothes would be covered with soot. Rob would hold his breath and cover his face with clothing or his satchel and run across the bridge as fast as he could. So when he got to class, there'd be constant noise emanating from the plant as the school was in the shadow of the plant. All the desks would vibrate to the rhythm of the giant steam presses. Now, Priest and Sabbath both say that Birmingham, by its very nature, breeds heavy metal. The rhythm of the metal presses, uh, they, they say it honed the sound of metal. The sounds and the doom and gloom of the black country gave birth to metal, gave birth to the metal we love today. And of course, Tony Iommi cut his fingers in one such plant. Now, Priest refers to plants such as GNR Thomas in many of their lyrics, most notably on British Steel, with songs like Rapid Fire and Metal Gods, just to name a few. In 2020, Rob wanted to create a stage set that resembled an old Wassel metal factory. He wanted to create a Judas Priest metalworks. He wanted to take GNR Thomas on the road. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit, so he never got to do it. So as you can hear and smell in the background, we are live here at GNR Thomas LTD in Wassel. And you're listening to the Priestcast. We got Jay, we got Jeff. And we're going to introduce a very special guest. But first, before we get started, I'd like to thank everyone for the kind words and feedback to the podcast that we've been getting. Fergal from Feckin' Metal Podcast has been so supportive and encouraging, always have, has positive things to say. Real nice guy. He's said such nice things about the podcast. We appreciate it. And of course, Quinn from and volume for all podcasts has been super supportive and just seems to make it on every episode of Quinn's podcast one way or another. <laughs> um, of course the fabulous Melissa from metal chat has been a great ambassador for the podcast and put our podcast playlists on Spotify, which is really cool. We love Melissa. And my friends from Get the Fluff Out podcast, Hollywood and Dirty Jim, have been awesome. Now, on the last episode, they spent a couple of minutes talking about the Priest cast. Had some awesome things to say. We really appreciate that. So Get the Fluff Out is a fantastic podcast. You should all listen to it. 
and you should listen to all these podcasts mentioned. Nice people, and we certainly appreciate them. Jeff, how's great. it going, man? I'm doing fine. Uh, those are great podcasts. Uh, um, all of them are excellently done. Uh, Fergal is an amazing um storyteller and he's a great interviewer his interview series right now with neil k has been just fascinating um quinn is above us all in quality in of podcasting i quinn is just amazing um, man so much talent i'm so yeah. jealous of him he has more talent in his pinky finger than i do in my whole body it's amazing he's embarrassingly good <laughs> All right, so I forgot, uh, and then Melissa, of course, she was a guest uh, two episodes ago. She was just a fascinating, fascinating storyteller. I uh, could listen to her for hours and get the fluff out. Not quite familiar with them, but now I'm going to have to be. Yeah, yeah, I did a, a little blurb for them uh, last year sometime, um, which they asked me out of the blue to give a little blurb for Priest. Um so that was cool. I, I don't know how they got my name. Maybe I talked to them on Facebook or something. Anyway, they asked me to do that. So I got my foot in the door there. And um, they've been awesome ever since. And like I said, talked a couple minutes on their latest episode about the priest cast. So awesome stuff. Yep. So we do have a special guest. It's a person that uh, I've known for about a year. No, I've known for about 27 years. It's my grandson, Connor. Yay, <laughs> Grandpa, yay. I'm not going to give any context to that, by the way, because there really there really isn't any. But you know. No, there isn't. I'm just a lot there older isn't. than you. And I'm the fetus. Yep. So Connor <laughs> has been a stalwart of Metal Twitter. Uh shitposting and putting out some hardly defensible opinions every now and then. Uh, but I enjoy the shit out of talking with him. He is a good friend of mine. Uh, love Connor. Just a great guy. And I'm excited to hear his priest story because I'm not sure I ever have. So, All Connor, right. how did you get into priests? How does, how does somebody who is a fetus... Come into this world going, I love Judas Priest. But I didn't come into the world saying I love Judas Priest. But I came into a very young age loving Judas Priest, even though I have an uncle who doesn't like Judas Priest. So when I was growing up as a young like baby or young child, I lived with my both my parents and my uncle. Basically, live with us. And the first thing I ever had to Judas Priest, and this is the honest truth, is every time I would do something wrong in my house as a child, my my uncle would look at me and go, you're breaking the law. You're breaking the law. And <laughs> no, that was I'm so sorry. Literally. And that was literally my introduction to priest. To, it got to the point when I was when I was 12 and I was getting into, you know, rock and metal and I was, you know, listening to all this stuff. And I was like, well, I recognize that song from somewhere. And my dad was like, I don't recognize it from anywhere. because My dad's not a metalhead growing up. But I got back into it. And he was like, oh, I don't know. it." And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, did Darren do anything like that? And he was like, yeah, he used to sing that to you every night. And I was like, oh, that's where I know that song from. So I checked out British Steel. And I'll be quite honest and say it didn't do anything for me when I was like 14 or so when I first checked it out. I found it quite boring. I didn't get, I was getting into Maiden and Metallica and stuff. And they were a lot faster and more immediate. And that album just 
didn't do anything for me, but I knew I I should like Bruce. And so I remember it was during COVID. I was still I was still going to school because my dad was technically a key worker, so I was still going to school, and they would let us listen to music while doing our work. So I would ha- always have my headphones on and YouTube on, and I saw the album cover for Screaming for Vengeance, and I went, "That looks cool. I should like them. I'll check this out." That was probably the first Priest album I loved. My favorite song was Take These Chains. I loved every song on it. I grew up genuinely loving that album. And I kind of just moved on from there. I watched ranking videos. I watched stuff like that. So I checked out, you know, Stay in Class. Loved it. I checked out Defense of the Faith. Loved it. And I saw I kept checking out albums. And there were some I didn't love and some I loved. And got to my favorite, which is Sin After Sin, one no one ever talks about. And I found out that was my favorite because it has Distant Aggressor, it has Sinner, it has Diamonds and Rust, it has Starbreaker. It's amazing. And I have actually, because I live like an hour away from the, what would you call it, like a grave on the front? You know what? Yeah, the, the mausoleum, probably, That's what it or is. something like that. I have actually, it lived, it, that, the place that they designed it after is actually an, like an hour away from me. So I have gone and taken pictures and visited the mausoleum on the front cover, which is in a nice. grave, grave site near me, which is quite cool. That is very and cool. I have not seen Priest live. I'm seeing them live next month for the first time at the Wembley Arena in London, which should be pretty cool with, uh, with grandpa's favorite Saxon opening. Yay. And, um, and what's it? And, but I have seen a member of Priest Live, which is everyone's favorite whiner, KK Downing, with everyone's favorite idiot, uh, Tim Ripper Owens, uh, leading the band for KK's Priest. I saw their first ever show in KK Steel Mill, because he couldn't get more self interested, um, up in <laughs> Wolverhampton. And, it was a was great Ripper's show. microphone labeled KK's microphone? I wouldn't be surprised, but KK did like fund the opening of it and it is in his hometown. So I get it, but still it's self-interested to, to, you know, do your first ever show at your own place. But, you know, it's KK. Do we expect any better from him? No. no. But they were great and they played some songs from Priest. They played The Ripper. Of course they fucking did they played um beyond the realms of death they played victim of changes you know and that was a great show but my pre-stories they are my favorite band i don't listen to them as much anymore but they're probably still my favorite band because they're a band i can sort of listen to at any time and really enjoy kind of a thing so was, yeah, i was wondering if uh you you were still priest was number one or if that other band what was it called thin lizy if Thin they were the No, Thin Lizzy on Thin Lizzy are three, but they're Maiden and Priest are holding down the the, the one and two for me awesome. still. But I don't listen to Priest as much apart from like Defenders fully. But I I wait, I leave my time and then I go back to them and I listen to like for a month I only listen to Priest, basically. So was metal the first genre of music you got into? You just well when you started listening first, to music, it just was metal. It was, it was the first genre I properly got into. I was into like pop when I was like six because it was the only thing you know. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is what I listen to. It's music. It's on. I like it. And 
but then I was always interested in the heavier songs. I was always interested in Paranoid by Black Sabbath, in Ace of Spades by uh, Motorhead. 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 I was uh, I pl- had a game which was a snowballing game where one of the songs was Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden, and I and it had like three songs that you know would like randomly turn up on each level, and I would restart the level if it wasn't Run to the Hills playing because I would only play with that <laughs> song. And I didn't even realize it was by Iron Maiden. I just knew it was the the song, you know. And I was right. like, oh, I had to play that song every time I did it, and I'd restart the level if it didn't wasn't that game. So I've always had metal in me, but I was I didn't like grow up with it like most other people my age would say they did. I had to get myself into it. Is what I always say. Now you're really into the Nuwatham, the new wave yep. of traditional heavy metal. Heavy metal. You, you talk about bunch of new Autumn bands all the time yeah. so does that kind of take most of your your listening time now pretty really much studying those I'm, bands i'm getting more into like extreme metal as i go on like death metal and some elements of black metal and stuff like that as i sort of grow older but and i'm like but if like a new age traditional heavy metal hits like perfectly it's one of those like it's my favorite one of my favorite albums of all time i just listen to it over and over again that and like power metal i would say are my most listened to genres at the moment kind of a thing nice so at the kk's priest show one of the opening bands was tailgunner yeah yep that was the whole reason i went up but i wasn't going to mention them until like <laughs> five minutes so, later. we're getting into the uh no autumn talk so tell us about tailgunner so for my new autumn talk i'm picking five bands from five countries and they are of course the uk band now uh i got into them because they sent me a message on their first single asking me if i could check it out and i did and i loved it another one of my favorite bands so stuff you fall into in this world but they are a mix of like traditional metal like maiden priest saxon stuff like that and power metal like Halloween, Blind Guardian, Gamma Ray, Angra. So they have that sort of like speediness to them and the technicality that is more power metal, but they have the catchy choruses, they have the sort of other stuff that is more traditional metal. And they only have one album. They technically have an EP, but it's basically songs from the first album, even if they are technically different. But their first album, I think I raced it as my, I was definitely, I, I say I think I did. I definitely raced it as my album of the year from last year. It's amazing. It has 10 songs on it. Uh, one epic, because they're classic like that, because they're Maiden. If you couldn't tell from the name Tailgunner, they like Iron Maiden. Like, they like <laughs> Iron Maiden. Yeah, but, good song. Yeah. They have... Uh, Shadows of War, which opens the album, is slower. Uh, Grandpa would kill me for saying this, but it's doomier. It's more of the slower riffs. No, all right. Well, <laughs> it's slower, and that means it's doomier in my sense. But it's the one thing I will say about this album is the solos are amazing. <laughs> they know how to do them tastefully. They're not just shreddy messes like I think a lot of newer bands think that you need to be. They have actual catchy parts. The bass on this album is amazing because he actually does interesting stuff with it. The title track, Guns for Hire, the first song I ever heard from them is just kind of a catchy and fun. White Death has great chorus, great riffs, great solos to it. 
songs like Warhead is fun. Crash Dive is kind of like the mini epic on the album, you know, has different parts, has different things, has the guitar solo where they do the fun thing on stage. It's that type of song. And then you can't go wrong with Rebirth, which is a band on their first album getting like a 10 minute epic done very well, which is. Rebirth and Crash Dive are both. Uh, I, of all the Nawadam bands, this is the one that stuck with me. Them and Haunt, um, and uh, yeah. the Tailgunner, uh, Crash Dive, and I just blanked. Uh, Rebirth. Um, they're they're epic songs. They are really good. They they show a maturity of songwriting that I was not expecting from a debut. As much as I love, I'd, and I adore the album, I'm not saying it's a bad album by any sense. You can't get a more glowing praise than me with this album. Rebirth and Crash Dive make me more excited that in the future they're going to top this album if they keep writing like that. And I have chatted to the to the songwriter and bassist of this band. I have, you know, heard stuff he said. He has said he's seen that they've gotten more praise for those songs and that they're going to try and, like, the next album they say is going to have a longer, more epic uh sort of epic song on it which yeah. is good to hear in my opinion nice so tail so that... from the uk yeah they're before people complain that they're from london they're from all over the uk but they kind of get the brand they're from london because their main guys from london so that's just something to keep in mind and you were doing five newish bands from five different countries so we hit the uk what's the next band yeah so we're going to keep in europe and i am holding i know people can't see the video i'm holding up physical copies because it stops me from forgetting names we have ambush from germany now they are very much if you like 80s early priest like scream of vengeance like defense of the faith you'll kind of like this band they have three albums out they have the debut which i think is called like firestorm that album's pretty good, but their second album, Desecrator, and their third album especially, which is called uh, Infidel, is their best. They have not released an album in 20 in four years, which I'm waiting for them to release one. But they have songs like Infidel, which is this ripping opener, fast, speedy solos, Leave Them to Die, which has a fun you know, chorus to it, has catchy chorus, good riffs. Hellbiter, which should have, if it was in the 80s, that would have been a hit. They are just a, if you like a mix of easy listening bands mixed with like the heaviness of some like slightly thrash, but they're not thrash. They just have that heaviness and the, and the lyrics are very sort of thrash to them. But they're a very much, they're a great band to check out. They are German, so the the vocals can be a bit in a German accent if that annoys you. But it's not it's not as full on as bands like Creator and Sodom. It's not like you can't understand a single thing they're saying. It's more like if you don't like Kai Hansen's vocals from Halloween, he sounds a bit like that, but a bit more commercial. But they're not they're not they're a band I haven't checked out as much as other bands in recent memory but when i was getting into the genre they were one of the bands i heavily gravitated to because they have very cool album covers one of them's like a ghost escaping from a graveyard one of them's like a burning upside down cross with people surrounding it you know it's they're a band that if you like the album covers 
check them out because you'll probably like the music that's behind it. But I love it when the uh, album art matches with the themes and the sound of a band. They're probably not as extreme, especially as their newest album cover, which is literally like a burning man on an upside down cross. They're not as that looks like a King Diamond cover. They're not as heavy as that, but they're not as soft as like shout at the devil. You know, they're not like that level. They're kind of like 80s priest mixed with a bit of accept mixed with a bit of maiden, that kind of sound to them. Perfect. That's right up my alley. I'll have to give them a. A listen, Ambush from Germany. Cool. And then we're going to keep in Europe. We're going to go to a little sort of little known country, I'm guessing, in the States called Austria. Uh, only known for making one person we're not going to talk about. But this is the uh, album Wheels of Twilight by Dusk. Now, this is less metal and I would argue it's more heavy psych from the late and some doom to it. You know, there is actually some doom to this album and very much atmosphere. There are such phenomenal riffs to this album on, especially on some say it's the op- uh, on some copies. It's the opener on some is the second track. Wendigo, Wendigo, Wendigo. I don't know. The riff on that is amazing. The vocals especially are phenomenal. She sings with this harshness to it, but it's soft and soothing at points and then she'll come in with the harshness and it it very much fits and the production while it sounds modern it sounds like it's it, if it could have it could have been recorded in the 70s it's got that somewhat brashness i guess is how you describe it i know jeff you've heard this how would you like the production is very like 70s kind of a thing like the guitars are very fuzzed out yeah it's a uh, blue cheer type fuzz yeah right well they're yeah yeah i very much they're like blue cheer if blue cheer understood how to write music and not just kind of like play guitar. <laughs> yeah i've li- that, that album is just weird and i love it for that but at the same time it's like uh all right but this album is well worth a listen it's catchy like you will get the choruses especially the chorus of uh wheels of twilight the title track and especially the chorus for me of driving my love away it's just one that sticks in your brain and you just sing along to it and then you realize you've been singing the song for 30 minutes and it's just the chorus. So you probably should get on with something else in your life. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I Dust reminds them. me of is if you took Smashing Pumpkins 1979 guitar tone or uh, Silver, uh, Silver Sun Pickups guitar tone from like Lazy Eye and just wrote a metal song with that guitar tone. Yeah. Tried to, you know. That's what I that's that's what I hear when I hear them. Very old school to, sound. I'll pretend to have listened to either of those albums. So <laughs> they're particular songs. You can go hell. Yeah, they uh, and the guitar player has a lot of KK influence. I hear a lot of a lot of KK influence in the in the guitar like early, player. Yeah, like early seventies, like Soundwing, yeah. Sin After Sin sort of vibes. Exactly. Yeah, the very like, very old school sounding, like like you're saying, like 70s. It reminds you of the 70s, but with like, killer imagine, production. Imagine listening to Starbreaker with fuzzed out guitars. That's kind of how I would describe that album. It's a great album, and her voice is incredible. And like yeah. we were we were talking earlier, we can't find any information about them. Now, if you go 
to look for Dusk on the internet, there's probably about 10 bands named Dusk. So you have to make sure you find it, uh, find the one from Austria. But we can't find uh, any names of any of the people in the band, which is weird. But yeah. uh, def- definitely worth a look up. Freaking yeah. awesome. So what's the next country we're going to? We outside well, of Europe yet? Yeah, we're off to the States. And we're going to go to the be- the better of the two twins, Canada. And we're going to go for uh, <laughs> Traveller from Canada. They're a speed metal... All of these bands are traditional metal before people get pissed at me for saying different bands. I'm trying to give them some differentiation. They're kind of speed metal-y. They have two albums out. They have a new album out on Friday, which I'm pretty sure is when this is being released. So it's already out. Go check it out. It's probably great. But the debut has starts with a song called Starbreaker. It's not a cover. It's just a great song. But the entire album is just, it's speedy, great solos to it. Behind the Iron, Up to Yours, also has Fallen Heroes. I know it's not a, you know, not a pre-song, but has heroes in it and kind of Fallen stuff. Speed Queen, it's a great album, but their second album, in my opinion, is where they kind of came into their own a lot more. It has a much more unique sound to it. Songs like Shaded Mirror, Diary of a Maiden is slow. And so like I think it's like a six-minute track. It's slower, it's doomier, it's proggier. And then... The song that the song before the end called Deep Space is like hectic. It's got fast guitars. It's got sort of shredding stuff, amazing bass tone, great singer. They are very much a band to keep an eye on. They have they are really finally releasing an album after four years, which I've been genuinely waiting for since like when I first got into this band. Because they were another one of the bands I got into when I first got into New Evolution Over Metal, which was quite like probably about three years ago now, but I saw their album covers on a playlist and was like, ooh, they look quite cool because they've got like aliens and holding the earth and stuff like that. But they're well worth a listen and I'd highly recommend, especially their, their first album's great and some people prefer the first album, but the second album for me is where they sort of truly sort of come into their own. Yeah, they have a lot of gallop too, which is really yeah. cool. And the solos fit the songs perfectly i mean yeah the, temp- the tempo of the solos and the feeling of the solos really fit perfectly with the tempo and feeling of the song which is really they cool. don't they don't go too over the top which is my issue with a lot of modern bands where the solos are just shredding nonsense they just think right if you go fast you're right but they do very tasteful solos but same time you know very good solos awesome Man, we're making our way. UK, Germany, Austria, Canada. Where are we headed? Well, we're going to America, of course, because, you know, America does have good metal, as I will not let's believe for many people. I'm going for my probably favorite modern band from America, a band called Tower. Now, Tower are from New York. They have two albums out. Fun fact, they broke up between the two albums. That should kind of go to show how little this band have put out. They put out an album in 2016. They broke up. They reformed with, I think, only their lead singer and guitarist still in the band. They recorded the second album, which is the one I'm probably going to talk more about today. 
and then their old bassist came back. That kind of gives an essence of how chaotic this band is. Their <laughs> first album, I mean this in the best way possible, it sounds like it's recorded in a basement. The bass, the bass is so high in the mix, it may as well be another guitar. The vocals are sort of on the same level as the guitar, but it works. Songs I you know, recommend to check out, the title track, Tower, Elegy, um, Oh, the song's gone from my head. They have a song called Raceway Rock, which kind of shows they're from New York because, you know, all the raceways over there and stuff. But their second album, Shock to the System, is where they really, really come as their own. I would put this on par with the first Hellgunner album as my favorite of New Odom and very much check out. Their lead singer, Sarah Beth, has one of my favorite voices in metal. She knows how to sing harsh and sing like with distortion she can sing softly and also i have seen them live they are one of the best live metal bands ever they played in a small sort of i guess you guys would call it a club it's very like small small stage and they gave it 110 percent. but songs i recommend from the second album blood moon amazing intro metatron amazing instrumental which shows the guitar tone which is very 80s and cutthroat like no real i mean this in the best way possible there's not really much production on the album it just sounds it sounds almost like a polished live recording i don't know if people have heard it but it sounds like a very polished live recording and then songs like black rose and in dreams show their more slower side but they always know how to lead it off with a very much sort of thrashiness to it even though it's more traditional very much a thrashiness chaoticness i guess just a very new york sense of metal to it as much as i hate to do it apart from not having mickey mouse on vocals they kind of remind me of overkill shush you what that was uncalled for i let you have creator and sodom and sex and it was just letting you go by and then you bring that that's just uncool i remember I thought Overkill were from New York for a second. I remember they're just from, like, they're from New Jersey. Oh, well. It's the suburb of New York. But, no, but the base of it, it reminds me of Dee Dee Verney, who I do like. I do like oh, Dee 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 Verney is an incredible bassist. No yeah, Dee Dee Verney is amazing. But, yeah, they remind me very much of, like, that early New York, New Jersey thrash with that very, like, has traditional styles to it, but has that edge to it that makes it a bit of yeah. All right. Sounds good. I will be checking them out. Tower, huh? <laughs> Great. Cool. So we've gone around the world. What now? The five bands you've mentioned, Connor. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think has the most potential to kind of hit it? To kind of hit it big. I'm biased, but Tailgunner. They're opening for bigger bands in Europe. They're opening for Udo. They're opening for Riot. They have a commercialness to them, and also Britain is much more likely to give way to, in my opinion, more modern metal bands than America. Or, although I do see um, Ambush making it as well, because they have that very much pop edge to them, even though they're not pop in the slightest. They have a commercial catchy catchiness to them that makes them kind of... They could break through on that more sort of like hard rock edge to them. Right. Yeah, no, they're they're awesome. I th- I think out of all the bands that you mentioned, um, 
I see the potential in them just because of all the things you said. They sound yeah. they sound pretty friendly, you know, kind of mm-hmm. kind of radio friendly, kind of friendly to people that like different genres type thing. Yeah. So, and uh, Dusk from Austria, I think they have a pretty good chance. Yeah, if they can get if they can get in the right like people's books and they can start sort of chatting to the right people i can really see them at least getting like starting to build which i'm hoping they do because they are a phenomenal band i love her voice mm-hmm. incredible i i'm a big fan of uh female singers yeah so i wanted to kind of since we're on this theme i kind of wanted to talk about uh some new Autumn bands with female fronted singers um the riven you heard of them yeah the riven the riven oh i said it wrong right off the bat the riven they're uh from sweden actually heavy heavy blues rock um very bluesy a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, acoustic elements um straightforward hard rock real catchy songs great riffs really 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 good solos um mm-hmm. the latest record peace and conflict from 2022 is friggin fantastic this band the riven they pretty much scratch every itch i have um heart they're hard rock they have the softer acoustic stuff uh like i said great riffs perfect solos and they kind of sound really bluesy and bring you back to the like uh like dusk and a lot of those bands kind of back to the 70s and 80s and her voice her, her name's tata she's the singer I think um, her voice is just angelic uh a lot of not a whole lot of falsetto in her voice but a lot of feeling a lot of effort real powerful um when she gets up there and then a lot of softer stuff too and she has a lot of feeling in the soft bluesy stuff really really good band suggest you check them out especially mm-hmm. if you if you love women's uh voices female singers um also tanith i love tanith from yeah. uh, from brooklyn um but uh russ russ tippins is a guitar player he's been around forever um in a lot of bands most notably satan and cindy maynard is the bass player and the singer they both trade off in singing duties and her voice is great love her voice and a hell of a bass player yeah really really underrated bass player so they uh shell the, share the vocal duties they're fantastic together um neither one has a real particularly strong arena voice um but they are strong enough and very they're very strong together when they harmonize yeah i would say them them they're trading vocals the main reason that bands work like that band are amazing the bass is amazing the guitar especially the solos and riffs are amazing but them trading the vocals mean every song has like they they will like trade between the verse and the bridge and then the chorus they'll come together and it just makes all the songs sort of lift more than most others will 
Yeah, one of my favorite new bands. I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time. Since I think I think you turned me on to them a I, while. I back. wouldn't be surprised. I did. Yeah. Was it March of last year? They were my album of the year for until Tailgunner came out. They were my album of the year because that album that, just. Rips. Yeah, that's and that's then, pro- that's probably where I heard of them. And man, I I play them all the time. Ever since that suggestion, love them. Um. And another band from Germany, Lucifer. Heard them. Mm-hmm. They have um, five albums out. And Johanna is, she's a blonde bombshell. Really great voice. Straightforward, hard rock. Um, have some some doomy elements in their music. Uh, some doomy elements. The first couple albums, especially them, very. The first couple, they're very much Sabbath worship, which I like because I like Sabbath. And then as they go on, they get it's almost like if you like Ghost, but you like them with female vocals, and they actually like plug the guitars in and make like harder music and heavy music. That's kind of what I would say. Lucifer are they're good, catchy, doomy hard rock. I guess. I think you'd like them, Jeff. I might. I'll have to give them a shot. Yeah, you'd like that. You'd like at least their first two albums. Their first two albums are very slow, doomy, depressing. You know, your your kind of your kind of music. Wow, that just makes me happy, man. <laughs> so there the was depra- a band that I found about a year ago. Uh, if we're gonna stay on this uh, metal bands fronted by women subject, a band called Witch Mountain. They are absolutely incredible. They have. Maybe one of the finest singers in all of in all of history. She is just a belter, and she is supremely talented. And with a name like Witch Mountain, it's obviously got to be a doom band, and they play just a really satisfying, slow, wonderful version of doom. Um, very talented group, and uh, I highly recommend uh, Witch Mountain. It was a band I literally found out about and couldn't put couldn't put them down for about a month. Nice, it's kind of a renaissance of female singers. Yeah, and they're Which all I'm fantastic. All because I will stand by, female singers are often better than male singers. It's just there's more male singers out there. Just yeah. saying. Oh, I totally agree. Thanks, Connor. You've That's educated right. us. That's awesome. Gone. You've we've you've taken us around the world. Around and, the world, uh, around Europe and America. The world. Yeah, yeah. Got people interested in um, some new autumn stuff. Yeah, and it's just like I don't like people who say there's no good music out there because if you're doing that, you're not listening to new music. You're just listening to your old stuff and complaining about pop music. So go check out these bands. Check out newer bands. You know there are there are plenty out there. It's not if I can find them, it's not that hard to find them. You just search them up. But, you know, a lot of people find like a lot of older people don't want to check out newer bands. There's just plenty of new music out there to sink your teeth into. For sure. And uh, uh, new records going to be coming out shortly. Yeah. New Priest. Yeah, I'm Priest. So are you excited about the new priest? What do you think about the uh, the singles? I have only heard Panic Attack and 
is it Trial by Fire, the second one? I've only heard that once, and I quite liked it. But Panic Attack's the only one I've actually like given re-listens to. I haven't listened to any of the other ones. I don't like listening to singles before albums come out. I like just listen to like the album comes out and I listen to it like from beginning to end. I like Panic Attack a lot. I think it's a great song. I am caught. I I thought Trial by Fire was okay. It might grow me. I just think it's kind of. It feels more like a song that you'd like on the album, but wasn't really a single. So like a Rock Hard Ride Free on Defenders. It's a good song, but it's not one of the standouts. And I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm excited, but I'm kind of waiting for it to see what I fully. I'm leaving my expectations low. So if I like it, they get higher kind of a thing. Exactly. Well, it's gotten good reviews. I know uh, I just saw a video with Martin Popoff, and he was saying that, uh, well, his favorite Priest record is Hellbent for Leather, Killing yeah. Machine. And he said that this record, he's heard it in full, is his second favorite Priest record of all time. And in that same video, uh, he listed his top 15 pre-songs ever and mm-hmm. actually two of the songs from upcoming invincible shield he listed in his top 15 of all time so for whatever that I, means looking forward to it i do like martin popov because he is a good champion for like old bands making new music which i always respect oh love him such a pr- prolific writer man he's yeah i think he has uh <coughs> right around 120 books and a he good is. artist too yeah so that's cool but speaking of priest we thought it would be kind of fun to do a triple shot triple shot thursday here at 66.6 wjp <laughs> But what what we thought we'd do and talk about some priest is have a triple shot, three consecutive songs from any record, three consecutive songs in a row. What you think your favorite three song triple shot of the priest catalog is? So we're gonna go for that. We're gonna go for a triple shot of priest. So what are you thinking, Connor? The best three songs on a Priest record consecutively. I actually found this relatively more difficult than I thought I would. And I was I was calling Grandpa on, was it Wednesday I called you? And I was mm-hmm. like, it's going to be from Painkiller, because Painkiller is the most consecutive. My thing didn't come from Painkiller, although I will say Painkiller was my one I was thinking of, because I think that's the most consistent album. But what I realized from Priest they sort of split their best albums up over the album. You don't get like three songs in a row, which are the best three songs. Because I was thinking maybe Defense will have one. Well, you have Free Will Burning, you have Jawbreaker, but then you have Rock Hard Ride Free, which kind of ruins the the three like killers. And then you have Sentinel. They break up the best songs on an album. And I realized this throughout their catalog, they keep doing this, which made this extremely <laughs> hard for me to do. So I kind of came down. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, 
I like the songs, but they're mo- they're not like the the standouts of the album. And I wanted one with three standouts from the album. Right. They came. From. And I was left with two decisions. I was left with Sad Wings of Destiny. And I was left with Killing Machine, which might surprise people that those are the two I'm picking. But those, in my opinion, the two were the three. And from Killing Machine, the three were Hellbent for Leather, Grandpa's favorite. <laughs> Take on the world, which I honestly think is one of the best songs on this album, and burning up, which I think is the best song on Killing Machine. Probably three. Burning up is I a think, fucking classic. I love burning up. That is amazing. that is a ripping so song. Good. I will say I could have taken off Hellbent for Leather and gone for Green Man Alishi, and then I probably could have taken off Take on the World and gone for Killing Machine. There is like a five song streak on this, but I didn't go for that. Even though Burning Up is one of the best pre songs and it's so underrated, and people who call it disco can shut the fuck up. So I went for Sad Wings Destiny and I was looking at Sad Wings and it's a great album. I often complain it's ruined by the production and I stand by that. But the three songs of Victim of Changes, The Ripper and Dream of Deceiver, you can add on Deceiver if you count them as one song. I know some people do, some people don't. But Dream of Deceiver on its own, I think is the three best run. And it's the three, I know Rock and Roller came out beforehand, but it's when Priest became Priest, when they became Metal Priest, it's arguably their first three proper metal, you know, arguably the first three songs that perfected metal. And Victim of Changes, there's a reason it's seen as a classic. It's got the amazing vocals, the ripping guitars. It's got the solo that is you're always going to remember because it's phenomenal. And then that ripping song then goes on to The Ripper, which, you know, has some elements of early like production when you're going into stereo where you've got the screams going in one ear and the vocals kind of darting across, which annoy me a little bit. But when you have a riff as good as you can't get better than that. Like it's so good. And the Rob Halford makes this song. The the music is great. Don't get me wrong, but his vocal performance is what makes this song so good. And then you get to Dream with Deceiver, which I think is the most one of the most underrated pre-songs. It's I always forget whether Dream of Deceiver or Deceiver is the slower one. Pretty sure Dream of Deceiver is the slower one. Right. If I'm not Yeah. I love it when priests go slow and when priests go moody and they go like almost more for atmosphere than for just ripping stuff. But I personally think that's the best three song run. I think there are many others you could pick. I know ones I had like written down were uh, Leather Rebel, Metal Meltdown and Nightcrawler, which I think is phenomenal. And I also had written down the first three from uh, Sin After Sin, which I think is arguably the best. You could argue the best first three, even though, you know, Sounding Destiny exists, which I think while the production halts it a bit, they're three of the best songs in metal and three of the best songs in Priest's catalogue. And I don't think like they're the best three in a row. And I found this a very hard task because I actually had to look through plenty of their albums and there were many other contenders. But that was kind of the one I ended up going for. So yeah, perfect. Big, big because... changes, The Ripper, Dream of Deceiver. Perfect. That's totally my pick. That, that's <laughs> uh, so but I, so, I have I have an alternate, but. Totally. I mean, everything you said, I couldn't have said it any better. 
um, victim of changes, ripper, dreamer, deceiver, deceiver. Three of my top ten pre-songs, and probably three of my top ten songs ever. Victim of Changes is my ultimate favorite song. But yeah, side one of Sad Wings of Destiny is the perfect album side. Those three songs in a row, you know, if you count uh, Dreamer, Deceiver, Deceiver as one, which I do. Oh, if you count those as if you count those as one, it's no question that's the best. I was going off like Deceiver was one, and then Dreamer Deceiver right. was the second. But if you count those as one, it's easily, in my opinion, the best three shot. Oh, easily, so. yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you. There, you said everything perfectly. Perfectly encapsulates exactly what I was going to say, and I agree with you, one hundred percent. My favorite record of all time, too. Jeff, what are you thinking, man? Well, it's unanimous. Uh, when I was talking to Connor earlier this week, he mentioned he was going to take three th- three from Painkiller, so I said, screw it. I'll go with Sad Wings then. And I was going to go Victim of Changes, Ripper, Dreamer, Deceiver, Deceiver. I mean, it is unanimous. Those are uh, We can just say that those are the best three. That's the best three-song run. Um, so he, he took that off the board for me. I did have a backup, but he mentioned the backup, which was Leather Rebel, Metal Meltdown. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. I was going to predict that was going to be all three. Because I, I, Leather Rebel was my favorite song off that album, and Nightcrawl was my second. It was like, that was going to be the one. That was my backup as well. Yeah. We got, we got the same lead and backup. Yeah. So then my, I had to go with my third choice, which is uh, Private Property, Parental Guidance, Rocky Around the World. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up. It's private property. All right. So, no, I will stick with Leather Rebel, (laughs) Metal Meltdown, Nightcrawler. Those, um, Connor already pretty much said it. Those are three ripping songs. They are face melters. The, um, it's riff after riff after riff. Rob is at his, uh, at his peak with just spitting venom, um, and uh, he's it's scary good how powerful he is on this album and then uh, or on these three songs in particular uh between the hammer and the anvil has a little bit of a change up in it uh and crushes a little bit has a little more crunch in it um and all three of them, I don't know who does the solos, but all three of them have brilliant solos, uh, which are overshadowed by one of the best solos of all time on Painkiller, on the song Painkiller. Um, so they don't, but had the solo from Painkiller not been on this album, I think the solo on Nightcrawler would be considered one of the best of Priest's discography. Just an incredible run of music. I love Painkiller. I could have chosen any set of three songs um it kind of feels a little weird to leave out the the title track uh because that's just a classic but i yeah it's got to be uh, leather rebel metal about down nightcrawler one of the things about nightcrawler i will say it's almost like the sentinel like sequel it's about it's a totally different things but like has the mid part where they go slower it has the ripping solo it's nightcrawler is arguably the best free song like post 80s in my opinion yeah like wow. objectively yeah, oh, that's a great song. All right, Jay, what's your your three shot, triple shot? Well, Connor, of course, took my number one, but we'll actually go back in the catalog to Rockarola. 
Side two, never satisfied, run of the mill, dying to meet you, hero, hero. Perfect, perfect three shot. Never satisfied, one of Priest's first bangers, really. Um, probably the heaviest song on on Rockarola, and kind of a precursor to you know the true metal aspect of Priest. A real heavy start, great riff. It's a driving song with Ian's bass, the killer bass line on uh, Never Satisfied. Ian is just getting down. And that's when he played with his fingers, um, which I prefer. I, I love, first of all, I love the sound of uh, Ian's bass on Rockarola. And a lot of, um, from what I've heard from uh, Invincible Shield, Ian's bass is really prominent too. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, um, great, great song, great uh, bass line, great riff. And of course, a great KK solo. I'm always down for a good KK solo. KK's solos just hit me in the right spot. Love them. Perfect way to kick off uh, side two of Rockarola. Then we go into Run of the Mill and course run of the mill is just a friggin masterpiece um lyrics are so profound uh for a rob in his early 20s you know um it's reflective of life and one's past and you know as well as one's present and how decisions made will affect you know the how they affected the past and present she's looking in the mirror really you know reevaluating his life or he's looking in the mirror thinking boy if i take this path this is what'll happen to me so it's really really deep song um and according to kk this is the first song he ever wrote that's what he says so and of course an emotional kk solo in this song um and i love me a kk solo (laughs) as i always say but yeah, the um, emotional solo in this song, slow, um, plotting, um, just great. And then it kind of kicks up towards the end. Um, just beautiful song. Um, and this was Priest's longest song time-wise until Cathedral Spires, actually. Um, and then, of course, Loch Ness came in and, and uh, took that the long song um but anyway a true classic probably a top 10 top 15 pre-song for me run of the mill love it um and then into dying to meet you hero hero um song was written during kind of during the time the vietnam war was winding down uh it's about a soldier being helicoptered into a battlefield that he's already fought on. Um, and like we were saying a couple episodes ago, he's just just a pawn in chess. Just a soldier is a pawn in chess. He's watching his friends die or um, watching his friends break down mentally, taking their last breaths. He's witnessing the tragedies of war firsthand. Then he retu- returns home from war and he's given a medal and called a hero. You know, his government slapping him on the back, but the public is, uh, you know, calling him a 
murderer and a rapist and a baby killer and and so it's really when he comes back it, it really fucking with his mind um his government's calling him a hero and and his fellow you know people you know are calling him a murderer so it really plays on his mind but fantastic song <clears throat> probably well definitely in my top five pre-songs ever dying to meet you here a hero severely under underrated um people should really pull out rock and roll and give it another listen i mean the the production is shit but uh which is unfortunate because you know, roger bain did the first three uh sabbath records um produced those and he produced this but for some reason it just doesn't translate it i mean it sounds like like it was recorded in a you know a tin trash can or something but uh anyway great album people should revisit rockarola great songs great debut so that's my three in a row from rockarola never satisfied run of the mill dying to meet you that's not a bad choice uh it's kind of weird to go all the way back to the debut but it's appropriate yeah, well, well like we all, we all oh, picked the same one, so we kind of had to go for something, you know. Oh, exactly, exactly. Look at us being unoriginal, all picking the same one. You know, it's almost like we talked before this. We haven't. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah. I promise. Yeah, we didn't. But uh, well, good songs are good songs. I mean, it, and you know, the the Sad Wings run is the obvious choice. Yeah. If you ask any Priest fan. If so that Sad was Wings. Cool. If that first three Sad Wings had like stained class production, arguably the best first three songs on an album, arguably of all time, I would argue. Yeah, you you constantly shit on the the Sad Wings production. I I don't like the vocals. (laughs) I I find it very lifeless. Like Victim of Changes, the live version hits like a hammer. That one just kind of, the guitars aren't heavy enough and the vocals are very like in your ears. The vocals are too high. It's just a, it's a weird listen. I want to like it more than I do, but the first three songs are unquestionably phenomenal. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I kind of like the production on Sad Wings actually, <clears throat> but I know you dislike it. Actually, I like the production on Sad Wings more than <clears throat> than the production on Stained Class. Believe it or not. I think the production on Sad Wings works more for the softer songs, whereas I think uh, Sound of Sin works more for the heavier songs, personally. But I think yeah. the best the best produced Priest record is Point of Entry. I'll go to my grave saying that. I love the sound of Point of Entry, the production, especially Dave Holland's drums on that record. Now, the the guitar sound isn't as crunchy as i'd like but the overall atmosphere the overall sound of that record is is my favorite not my favorite record by any means but my favorite production by far especially the drum sound it's just perfect the tom allen type deal cool triple shot the priest triple shot we came up with some really good ones uh hellbent for leather 
take on the world, which is surprising, Connor. Take on the world. I will stand by. Take on the chorus of Take on the World is like one of the best priest choruses ever. I love that song. Like that song and uh, You Don't Have to Be Old to Be Wise from British Steel are two of my favorite priest songs and I'll stand by it. I find them so fun to listen to that I, that, I mean, you got you Don't Have to Be Old to Be Wise, my favorite song on British Steel. That might be my favorite song on Hellbent for Leather if Burning Up didn't exist. It's that good for me. Wow, that's surprising. I, yeah, burn, Burning Up is, is amazing. Although if you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend watching the Top of the Pops version where they uh, only Rob is singing and KK and Glenn Hams like fake the guitars and you have a bunch <laughs> of like, like 70s pop fans trying to clap along to a metal song. It's 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 yeah. well worth it. Like, yeah, yeah, that's classic. It, it's well worth the watch. It's and Rob has his beard at the time, which is like, and he still has his hair. It's kind of like them during their off phase. It's a very fun watch. <laughs> it is. If you want a good laugh, that that is funny. The audience, the whole atmosphere of that is classic. Uh, then we had uh, Leather Rebel, Metal Meltdown, and Nightcrawler, killer triple shot. Good one. I, I knew Jeff was going to pick that. No surprise. Um, and then Rockerola, we had Never Satisfied, Run of the Mill, Dying to Meet Your Hero Hero. Killer triple shots. Awesome. So one of the things we like to do on the Priest cast is spin the spinner. So uh, what that is in case you don't know is uh i put all the years from 1974 which was priest's first release rockerola which we just talked about up until present and we spin the wheel and whatever year that wheel lands on we get grab an album released in that year and discuss that album and a lot of times we have some pretty weird stuff <laughs> or at least i do i don't know it seems like jeff is pretty pretty normal jeff but, uh, picks doom and that's all he picks like we get used to this by now like unless he gets something like 1980s and or 1970s then he'll he'll <laughs> pick like a doom album that no one's heard of before but he wants to say to everyone <laughs> yeah i don't i don't see a problem with that or he'll pick paradise <laughs> if they release an album that year uh, I, I we actually had a couple where Paradise Lost did release an album. I'm waiting for a special yeah, year or two before we get into before I start talking about them. You 1993. See that album, like, yeah, you see that album from 1993. I saw it on its 20th anniversary. It's, it's really good live. You should you should see it sometime. I'm gonna have to disown you, grandson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, last time we spun the spinner. We came up with the year 1989. So let's, uh, since we're talking about Jeff and his weird picks, have at it, man. 1989, record release. I am going to shock everybody. So we did run a poll on the Judas Priestcast Twitter account, at Judas Priestcast. And the poll was, which one will I choose? Uh, King's X, Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, Candlemass, Tales, and bolt thrower uh, uh oh god why is that name 
uh, Re- the Realm of Chaos um, uh, Slaves to Darkness album. Uh, on that, it looks like Candle Mass uh, is the winner, but that's actually not the band I'm going to choose. I, th- I was surprised with the quality in 1989. Um, we have the first Obsessed album, the first Obituary album, an incredible Nuclear Salt album, uh, Black Sabbath Headless Cross, um, and I ended up going for none of those and picking a thrash-adjacent album maybe uh, american power metal meets thrash uh it's the album uh by metal church called blessing in the skies uh obviously released in 1989 it was the first one to feature mike howe who is my metal church vocalist uh he is not as screechy and he's very uh, Rob Halford-esque in his vocals. Um, I find him to be incredible. Uh, <clears throat> and this album starts off with uh, Fake Healer, which is just a burner. Then it goes into a, a song about the Titanic called Rest in Pieces. And then um, there's a triple shot for, uh, of Unsound Mind, Anthem to the Estranged, and Badlands. All three songs are extremely different. Of Unsound Mind is a creepy, nearly doomy, uh, in-atmosphere song. Then Anthem to the Estranged is a little bit of a ballad. Uh, Also Drenched in Atmosphere. And then Badlands is probably their most famous song. And it is incredible. Um, So that was my choice. It's definitely not a normal choice for me. It goes more than three beats a minute. Um... And yeah, so that is my choice. Metal Church, Blessing in Disguise. Killer. All right, so it's time to get shit on. 19, like you said, 1989 had a bunch of incredible releases. Um, One of my favorites, uh, The Real Thing by Faith No More. Nobody's going to shit on you for that. That's a fucking great album. That's not my pick, but that's my honorable mention. That is... A fantastic album. One of I haven't my heard albums of all I'd time. Say I haven't heard that. Really, you should. It's I heard. A, what's the, what's the one with? Is that the one with the spawn on the front, or is that the one that looks like it was designed? In, that's Angel Dust. I've yeah. heard Angel Dust like the first three songs and it didn't do anything for me. So I need to check them out fully. But that's all I've heard. Yeah, killer, killer record, real thing. One of my favorite records of all time. But uh, I chose. Mother's Milk by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm shitting on it. Oh, fuck you on this. That's a great album. That's a great album. That's a great uh, album. Uh, all right. I have Connor in my corner this week. I, I, I'm I always alone in my picks. Every no, week. You well, thanks, Connor. Album. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's their fourth studio release. It's the first record with drummer Chad Smith and guitarist John Frusciante. Um, after the OD death of guitarist uh, Halil Slovak. And John Frusciante is an amazing guitar player. Of course, has Flea on bass, one of the best bassists in the world, I think, for my money. Flea's incredible. John Frusciante is one of my favorite guitar players. Um, This record, Mother's Milk, really brought the Peppers their first commercial success. Really made them a household name. 
Um, record has a killer mix of funk, punk, hard rock, uh, some metal elements at times. Um, there are two covers on the record, Higher Ground, which is a Stevie Wonder cover, and Fire by Jimi Hendrix. And actually in this recording, um, Fire features Halil Slovak and Jack Irons, which is uh, the original guitar player and drummer. Um, so that's the only the only song on Mother's Milk that uh, features them. Um, so the Chili Peppers have sold over 120 million records. They're one of the top-selling bands of all time. They've won six Grammys. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and this release, Mother's Milk, back in 89, really put them on the map. Um, I think it's just a brilliant, fantastic record. Probably my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers record. And they have a lot of good records, um, but I, I think this one's just incredible. Um, and it brings me back to right after high school, um, I was hanging out a lot with my, my best friend, Shelly, and she loved this record. I used to hang out at her apartment all the time, and we used to play this record on repeat nonstop. I love Shelly. She's a great, great person and my best friend at the time. Um, so it just brings back great memories. So as far as how they relate to priests, which we forgot to do with you, Jeff. Yeah, I was about to say, we do in relation to priests. Because I was going to say, did Chili Puppers actually relate to priests or is Jeff like, hopefully yeah. we don't so, come back to him. Metal Church did tour with Priest. Um, it was a concert I desperately wanted to go to. Was, I forget the name of it right now, but it was like Operation Something Else, Something or Other, and it was... Uh, what, the best album of all time? Or is huh? it... Is it no, Operation it wasn't Operation Mindcrime. Mind no, it was... Um, I was about to say, uh, if it was Operation Mindcrime, you didn't see that. I was going to like... No, Priest was the headliner, and then uh, Metal Church and Dangerous Toys were opening up. I, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll look it up and tell you in a minute. But, yeah, that's the connection. They toured with Priest. Okay. So as far as the Chili's, um, in 2016, uh, the Chili's drummer Chad Smith joined Baby Metal, who uh, Baby Metal was opening for the Chili's for some odd reason. Um so uh, Chad Smith joined Baby Metal on stage to play Painkiller and Breaking the Law. Because um, Baby Metal always covers Painkiller and Breaking the Law. Um, also, on the Chili's album Ultimate Love, Judas Priest is mentioned on the song Problem Child. Good shout out from the Chili's for Priest. Um, let's see. Chad Smith also played with Rob Ritchie, Ian, and Scott at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in Hollywood back in 2017. So those are some connections. You yeah. you wouldn't think you'd have any connection between <laughs> the Chili Peppers and Priest, but nope. Chad Smith is a, a he was originally a metal drummer, and uh, that's kind of still where his heart lays is in metal. So. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mother's Milk, 1989. 
All right, so the name of this tour, the uh, the uh, Priest and Mel Church tour, was Operation Rock and Roll. No wonder I didn't remember it, because it's a stupid fucking name. That's a shit name. <laughs> yeah, shit it is. Um, <laughs> so it was Priest, uh, Alice Cooper, Motorhead, Dangerous Toys, Metal Church. Priest was touring off of uh, Painkiller. Uh, Alice Cooper was touring off of Hey Stupid. And yeah, that's about it. So there you go. Connor, so before you select, I also ran a poll for you. Um, yeah, you included Overkill, you dickhead, didn't you? Yeah, and Overkill won. Yeah. So is Overkill the choice of your album, of, uh, your choice of album this year? Didn't even make my like twenty honorable mentions. Although I will say, Years of Decay is a good album. I do like Years of Decay. If it didn't have Minnie Mouse on vocals, it would be a great album. But unfortunately, they ruined it by having you know a go going. Hey! Elimination, <laughs> elimination, which kind of like ruins my you know, enjoyment of an album. So, okay, so go fuck yourself. What's your album? So, <laughs> nineteen eighty nine is a great year for music, as with most years in music. If you actually listen to it, so there were I didn't go with my favorite, which is Alice in Hell by Annihilator, a great thrash debut, and my one of my favorite thrash debuts ever. I didn't go with Grandpa's favorite, Agent Orange by Sodom. I didn't go with his other favorite, Practice What You Preach by Testament, the best Testament album, and I will fight you on that. Yes, I didn't will. go with head- I didn't go with the two headless albums, Headless Cross by Black Sabbath and Headless Children by Wasp. There were two headless albums released in 1989. That's why this is such a good year in music. I didn't go with John Sykes with Blue Murder. I didn't go with Voivod, the band I love, with Nothing Face. I didn't go with Sea Hags. The band produced by Kirk Hammett of uh, Metallica. Give them a check out if you like some hard rock. That's a great album. I didn't go with the amazingly underrated debut from Dream Theater. Although to annoy certain people I know, I may have gone for that. But I didn't because I'm good like that. I didn't go for Conspiracy by King Diamond. But that's a great album. I didn't go for Fab of the Disaster by Exodus or Extreme Aggression by Creator. Because I love my grandpa and I don't want him to kill me. <laughs> and I didn't go with the self-titled debuts from the aforementioned Dangerous Toys or the Afem- or non-aforementioned Skid Row, because I do think those are great albums, but I didn't go for them. See, those are all albums I didn't go for, and those are all great. That's how good of a year this was. Instead, but I go, I went with an album I never, a band I never talk about, a band no one knows I like, a band called Blind Guardian, because <laughs> I just kind of like them a little bit. And their second album which is called Follow the Blind. Now, is this my favorite Blind Guardian album? It's barely even top five, but it's nearly the best of this year because that's how good Blind Guardian are. With the classic lineup of Hansi Kirch on bass and lead vocals, I'm going to fuck up these names, but Andre Oberich on guitar, on lead guitar, Marcus Siepen on rhythm guitar, and Tomin Stolch on drums. It's just a great speed metal record. Banished from Sanctuary, arguably the best opener they ever had. It's fast, it's furious, it's got ripping solos. Damn for All Time carries it on fast, but more thunderous riffs. Follow the Blind is slower, it is doomier, as much as people are going to kill me for saying that. It is doomier, it's slower, it's got amazing riffs. And Hansi is one of the most underrated vocalists in metal history. He can sing harsh, he can sing light, he, he is amazing. Hall of the King, very much like the first album, just ripping speed metal because I oh, love the King. And it makes you want to sing along because it's that good. And the backing vocals in this entire album are amazing. Fast to Madness has the chorus that goes, 
run fast to madness and it makes you want to sing along because it's that good and the entire album is that good and then you have valhalla which is the last original song which brings in god himself kai hansen recently out of halloween who is obviously still pissed with halloween so he puts on a great performance on this his vocals are amazing it's the one song the band can't go home without playing live these days if you haven't seen it the live performance where they can't stop playing it because the crowd keeps singing the chorus back to them is well worth the watch and if you listen to the bonus edition they have don't break the circle a cover of a demon song from like the early 80s it's amazing they make it their own they then cover barbara ann by the beach boys which is it's interesting to (laughs) say the least it's fun and they for some reason kept on playing it live for several years instead of actual songs but it's is it my favorite blind guardian album no is it one of the best blind guardian albums yes is it one of the best albums of the 80s let alone 1989 i would argue yes it's blind guardian at their peak it's blind guardian being hungry for success but starting to explore more progressive more symphonic less on this album but more symphonic i'll be more doomy atmosphere on this and the band hate this album for several reasons mostly they were rushed into making it but i don't get why if you make an album this good and hate it that kind of goes to show how good of a band you are because most bands would be happy with this being their best album but 1989 it's a great year i could have gone with most of my honorable mentions as the best of this year but I had to go with Blind Guardian. If you know me, you know I had to go with Blind Guardian or I'm getting killed by several people after this show. Yeah. So that is a great choice. Valhalla alone makes this album worthwhile. That is just yes. fucking incredible. So good choice, man. Excellent. I'm so sorry, I didn't some... go for the re- I'm sorry I didn't go for the rehearsal tape of Nick Holmes shitting in a bottle, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a uh, Blind Guardian priest connection? There is. They covered uh, Beyond the Realms of Death on the Forgotten Tales album, which is like covers and acoustic versions, and it's well worth a listen. They cover Don't Talk to Strangers on there as well. It's, I would, I'm a black, if you don't even know me, I adore blind guardian with every inch of my heart i would argue their version is as good as the priest version because they do it very differently they do it less of like a sad like rob halford sings it as very much a sad person they sing as an angriness at like Mm. death kind of a thing and it's very different but hansi's voice with his harshness just makes it like as good but in a different way which i always that's why i take from covers and they're Blind Guardian. I'm pretty sure they listen to Priest at least once in their life. And I'm pretty sure, like, you know, dueling solos when you're a late 80s band, you listen to Priest. Like, yep. But they covered Priest in a very good cover. And one of my favorite covers of a Priest song, because their covers are always amazing. Yeah, I that's have not heard choice, that. It's well, I only heard it recently because I was, I got told about that. And I was like, oh, I thought it was just like a compilation. So I checked it out and there are some there. That cover is well worth a well worth a spin. Definitely. I'm anxious to hear it. That's killer. I didn't even know about it. That's awesome. So we had some good, good picks. Metal Church, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Blind Guardian. 
So what's the next year we're going to talk about, Jay? Well, I'm getting to that, but you know how I am with technology. I yeah. suck. Nineteen, uh, whatever year Draconian Times came out, because that's the best Paradise Lost album. Come on, shut 19, the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. All right, let's spin the spinner. Uh oh, here we go. Ooh, the anticipation. Oh, 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 <laughs> one year off of our last spinner, 1988. That's the best year in music, so I'll take, oh, oh yeah. good year for. I, I, I think yeah. I think my spinner needs to have the the wheel greased or something <laughs> because it almost fell back on <laughs> 1989. But that's cool. 1988 for our next episode of the spinner. A lot of great music in '88. A lot of good stuff. You, you can you think of anything right off the bat, Connor? Was that when Minecraft came out? I might be thinking wrong. That's, I think that's when Minecraft came out. That's what I'm, I'm loading up. I think my laptop decided to reset. But that, Minecraft right, came right. out that year. That's what I uh, think. So far, so good. What by, by Megadeth? Uh, Bastion's Bloodfire Death. Blind Guardians debut released that year. Uh, let me get my thing up. Halloween Halloween That eighty-eight. Well, what was it you said? Halloween uh, Keeper Part 2. Part 2, yeah. Uh, South of Heaven? Yeah. Uh, Testament New Order. That's 88. Yeah. Uh, Maiden. Is Maiden 88? I might be thinking wrong. Uh, right. Is that Seventh Son of a Seventh yeah. Son? Yeah, Seventh Son. Uh, Voivod Dimension. I've got my thing up. Voivod Dimension Hatros. Amazing. Uh, Leprosy by Death. Eternal Nightmare by Violence. Uh, yeah, so those are good ones. This is a good year. Yeah. It's a good year. It's a good year. Awesome year. Looking forward to that. Well, Connor, oh, man. Oh, anyone likes that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This has been awesome. Your knowledge yeah. of uh, the New Autumn stuff is amazing. Keep up the good work. What? What's uh? How how can people find you on social media? What kind of stuff do you uh, do on YouTube and stuff? I don't do much on YouTube anymore, mainly because I just don't have time for it because I have school. But if you want to check me out, uh, I think it's just uh, Coinoy12. I'm sure I'll be linked somewhere in Twitter. If you don't like uh, arguments, don't follow me because that's kind of all I do. But if you like me shit posting at 3 a.m. about how Anthrax aren't a great band, then follow me. I'm, I'm good for that. Uh, on Instagram, I'm just Ripperoo6565. I'm much more relaxed on there. Unless you get in my DMs, then I'll argue with you still. But, you know, if you want to find out about new music when it comes out, follow me. I'm good for that. I'm good for telling you when stuff comes out. I'm good for recommending stuff. Uh, I promise I'm nice, no matter how much I may seem like I'm not at points. But, yeah. I, I will attest to you being a very nice guy, usually. Thank you. <laughs> Usually. I kind of have to say it. He's family, you know. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, the Thanksgiving table must be interesting. <laughs> I've never celebrated Thanksgiving in my life, so yeah. I'll pretend. Yeah. Yeah, just just agree with us. So Jeff, you can find Jeff on Twitter at at Mozab M O Z S A B. That's basically my uh, handle for everything. So sweet Instagram. Twitter, uh, Facebook, maybe I don't know. I haven't looked in Facebook forever, but yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Those where I'm, that's where I'm mostly active. Sweet, and I'm Rockarola uh, on Twitter. Uh, Gaslamp at Gaslamp Victim. Awesome, thanks, Connor. Man, this has been fun. No problem. Yeah, and we'll continue to talk and in chat as we always do. You as always have interesting opinions and a lot of smart stuff to say for for such a young lad thank you appreciate you all right well we want to thank everyone we want to thank the deep dive podcast network martin popoff and rob alford and always keep in the face